Oh, evening, everyone. Small group tonight. Maybe a lot of people are still on holidays. I want to say a few brief words about um, wisdom and what we mean by wisdom in Zen practice. But as a way into it, um, there's a, uh, a Scottish writer that I've just recently discovered about a week ago i never heard of at all before in my life. And maybe you've never heard of him either, but his name is Neil Gunn. Has anyone ever heard of Neil Gunn? Oh, anyway, he was um, a very prolific writer in like the early uh, 1900s um, and wrote about um, traditional Scottish life and uh, the wisdom of the folk. And, uh, and after I read the first novel, I looked him up on Wikipedia and lo and behold, no wonder I resonated with his writing because he's described as the Zen master of the Highlands. Mm -hmm. And um, there was something in his writing that really resonated with my way of looking at the world. And it said that he was, um, he read um, uh, Eugene Herigel's well-known book, Zen and the Art of Archery which had a big impact on a lot of people. And he said that when he read it, he wasn't as much so much he was, um, his life was changed and he was influenced by this book. He said rather that um, it resonated with, with the way that he understood the world already and it validated his experience and he had a name for it. <clears throat> um, but his writings are very wonderful. Anyway, there is um, uh, a quote from one of his novels, which is quoted a lot, uh, which is, Knowledge is high in the head, but the salmon of wisdom swims deep. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> to put in background, in Gaelic culture, there is a story of um, uh, uh, the wise salmon and... Uh, it's just a, it's just a myth mythological story that there was a salmon that lived in this well called the Well of Wisdom and it had hazelnut trees around it and the hazelnuts fell in the water and the salmon ate the, the seeds of wisdom. So the salmon became very wise. And then there was a boy who um, heard about this wise salmon and he, he believed that if he could eat the salmon then he would become wise too. But as the story goes on, he never gets to eat the salmon, right? And that seems to me where the main message of the story is in it for me, is that wisdom is not something that you can get from the outside. Um, and it's very distinct from knowledge. Knowledge is information, it's conceptual. As he says, it's high in the head. And wisdom seems to be something, you can't get it from the outside because it's already there and it's intuitive and it's embodied, you know. And we usually think of wisdom as something as being um, very profound, you know, or paradoxical or enigmatic. But the kind of wisdom that we're, we're looking at, um, that we touch base with through meditation and Zen practice is um, really um, organic wisdom, to put it that way. It's the wisdom that beats your heart. It's the wisdom that fills your lungs. 
it's the wisdom that runs everything in your body and you haven't got a clue how it happens, it just happens. And yet it, it's amazing when you really think of the, um, the wisdom of life, you know, we're born <clears throat> and we've got everything in, that, in our DNA and genetics, right, that sort of informs our body what to do at multiple different levels and keeps us alive. And we don't intellectually understand it, but it works. So you could say that there's an organic intelligence that runs through all things, call it nature, um, and the kind of wisdom that we tap into through uh, doing Zen practice is really the wisdom of the body, and it's non-conceptual. Now, even in, um, in Western culture, like with Greek culture that was based around a philosophy of wisdom, and Socrates was supposed to be a man who really epitomised the wisdom of the Greeks. He, he said, and people said, you can't, you can't pass wisdom on to your children. You can give them knowledge, you can teach them skills, you can teach them how to manage money and ride a horse and so on, but you can't actually teach them wisdom. Because in a sense, it's not something that you can teach. It doesn't come, it doesn't come from the outside in. And if you look at all of the different practices within Buddhism which, and in Zen, which is mainly sitting meditation, no one can impart wisdom to another person. Um, all anyone can do is give someone the, the skills or the tools, you know, um, point them in the right direction. But if you meditate and you get out of um, trying to problem solve things conceptually all the time and you just become embodied in a very deep way, um, that's where the wisdom is. There's a, a saying comes to mind um, that comes from one of our koan stories, which is an enlightenment experience for a particular uh, Zen monk. He said to his friend, don't you know that what comes in through the front door is not the family treasure? because the family treasure has been there all the time. So you can't bring it in. You can just realise what is there. So wisdom in Buddhism, in Zen, is referred to as prajna, as in the Prajna Paramita Heart Sutra. And it's not about, it's misleading to think that it's about the heart. Um, it, really, it means heart, of the great of the the whole prajna paramita sutras like there's lots of them so it's in a sense is the essence of it and the essence of the prajna paramita sutra is that everything is empty you know it, it sort of negates every concept every possible buddhist concept it negates not this not this not that not that and um and when you and so it's a it's a cutting away process cutting away of useless knowledge. That's why um, in Buddhism, and it's the main um, deity in, in Zen Buddhism, is Manjusri. And Manjusri has a sword. And the sword is to cut off delusion or to cut off conceptual thinking. So what he can do is cut that away. right? And what is left is wisdom. It's kind of organic intelligence which is there. Also in... Um, 
I, I, I looked into it today. Um, I'm interested in the etymology of words. The word wisdom comes from a word, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but W-E-I-D. And that word means to see or to see into. So the, the act of wisdom or the nature of wisdom is to see into the nature of reality. And so in, in Zen, in Buddhist Dharma, um, if you see into the impermanence of life, not just as an intellectual idea, but you actually like know it in your bones through your own experience and you're really in touch with everything coming and passing away all the time. And if you're really in touch with recognising that the nature of reality is that everything is connected and interpenetrated and nothing is separate, and that separation comes just from projecting our words and language and concepts onto the world, if we see that everything is in a state of interbeing and everything is transient and everything is just down to the momentariness of right now, then that is, if we can see into that, then that is, that is what would be referred to in, in Buddhism as absolute wisdom. Right? So if we're in touch with that experience, wisdom is what will arise out of that. And then in terms of personality characteristics, we would think of a wise person as someone who's um, kind, compassionate, non-attached, um, calm, not ruffled by circumstances so much, and somehow has some kind of inner compass rather than being blown around by the circumstances of the world. So that, that would be the character shift that we all aspire to by actually seeing into the very nature of what life is. And then it's also in Buddhism there's, there's also a reference to relative wisdom. Um, and relative wisdom is perhaps um, uh, a kind of everyday wisdom that comes from having the big picture or having a, a long-term view of the consequences of things. Like to be able to look into the future and just not just look for the immediate effect of something but how it's going to pan out in the long run. So it's a bigger picture. It's probably best explained by um, a Zen story uh, around this, which I think is Korean Zen, and it's about a um, an abbot who was in charge of a monastery in the mountains in a remote area, and the deer used to come to the monastery, um, and because the the monastery had big grassy fields, you know, that were protected, the the, the, the deer would come there and want to feed off the grass. So the monks used to let the deer in to feed off the fresh grass which was there. And one day the abbot came down and shooed all of the deer away, you know, quite quite sort of firmly, you know, get out, you know, off you go. And then the, the monks were quite distressed about it and said, well, how's that, how's that Buddhist teaching, you know, like the, the deers want to eat grass and we've got grass, you know, isn't it compassionate and kind? to let the deer eat the grass. And, um, and it's not very loving and kind to do that. And the abbot said, yes, but what you don't realise is that if you allow the deer to come near human beings, right, you're, you're non-violent, 
and you're not a threat to them, then they'll think it's safe to be around human beings and then they'll be at risk of very, of very easily getting hunted down by hunters because they've developed this trust of human beings. So he had a wider, a wider vision of the consequences of things that goes along, not just looking at things from the point of view um, of compassion, um, but the, um, the long-term consequence of what actually occurs. And not just working off what feels good or right at the time. Because I'm sure the monks felt very good about the deer being able to eat the grass. So, yes, wisdom, prajna. It's actually a very simple thing. And um, I remember um, a day I spent with uh, Hogen Sensei, who, was, who is or was um, a little tiny Japanese Zen teacher who lived up in Byron Bay. And um, we were coming, walking back from the beach because he loved swimming and being on the beach. We were walking back to the, the Zen centre. And at that point, when we were going over a bridge, um, a kookaburra laughed. And, and, he, and, he, and he looked up with his twinkle in his eye and he said, um, Heart Sutra. Mm-hmm. Right? Wisdom, you know. What is wisdom? The laugh of the kookaburra. That's what wisdom is from a Zen point of view. Not, not some profound, you know, wordy statement. The sound of the kookaburra is the sound of wisdom. The creaking of the gate when you open your garden gate is the sound of wisdom. And Zen, everything is really brought down to this simple everyday level. If you see the momentariness of life and the transience of life and the interconnected and everything, then what is wisdom? It's the creaking of the gate. Mm. Nothing more complicated than that. Mm. 